0: Welcome to episode 21 of the Warrior Pulse. I am your host, Trey Heath, and today I am honored and I am so great so happy that Dr. Tanya White has joined me on the podcast today. We are we just finished up Black History Month. We just are in the midst of Women's History Month. We just had Women in Sport Day. I'm gonna start with a little story today to give some context to me. As a white American who really just wants to understand. Many years ago, I had the opportunity while I was at Florida Southern to be part of the NCAA Diversity Day seminar. We went to a resort. They put us up and we we got to learn all of these other things. One of the guest speakers was a gentleman who told a story and I'm going to say it real quick. Imagine this. I give you a pair of yellow tinted glasses and then you give me a pair of blue tinted glasses. We go through our lives with your yellow tinted glasses on and mine with my blue tinted glasses on. And then you tell me you no, you don't understand, you don't understand. So you give me your blue tinted glasses. I put those on and guess what I see, green. I'm never going to understand the plight, the best I can do and Dr. White said it great before we hit, in, uh, hit start. Empathy. I can empathize. And that's today what we're going to discuss. We're going to discuss empathizing. Not trying to understand because it's going to be impossible for you to understand the plight of someone else. The best you can do is empathize. We're going to talk about actually some cool stuff because Dr. White has done so much cool stuff, but we're also because Dr. White has been an activist for women and an activist for social justice. We're going to talk about that stuff. So I wanted to start off with this story of I'm going to give you glasses and you're going to see the world through your glasses on top of the glasses I give you and you're never going to truly understand, but empathy. Is something that all of us can do. So, Doctor White, with that being said, welcome to the podcast. I know, I know, uh, you're got a busy schedule. Reading over your 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 resume and what you're doing. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of the things that I just stated. One, you are a marketing professor here at Weber International University. So, tell me why marketing is something that you feels fun for students to do and something that you enjoy teaching.
1: Well, absolutely, Um, and I'm glad you said that because marketing is actually quite interesting and it allows you to use your creative side of your brain. And when I was thinking about getting my doctorate, it was like, okay, what do I want to wake up every single morning and teach, right? Because I'm also a career coach. And I think one of the worst things in the world is to wake up every single morning, go to work for eight to 10 hours a day and hate what you do. Mm-hmm. And so I asked myself, what is it that I would enjoy teaching every single day? And the answer, you know, you have management, you had sport business management, you had accounting, you have a financial, you know, we, we went to a business school. I went to Weber mm-hmm. here and earned my degrees here at Weber. And so I decided on marketing because it brings out the creativity in all of us. It brings out that innovative side It brings out that side of us that we really don't always harness and cultivate and um, but I always tell my students also that marketing can be manipulative too yes and I think as we discuss today some of the things that we're going to discuss we're going to see how marketing has played a role in a lot of the um, social issues that we have today
0: yeah I'll I'll tap on that before we go any further do you think Marketing and the manipulation of that marketing has had anything to do with the year 2020?
1: Absolutely. But I also think that marketing and the manipulation of that has had something to do with the last 100 years. Oh,
0: yes. Yeah. 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 Um, also, one of the things that you, you said your primary research interest is in effectively, my English, effectively <laughs> marketing and managing organizations. Something so interesting. We are an organization, uh-huh. and whether this is a not-for-profit or if a profit, all of those organizations have tools to their discretion, uh, to their use, and and ways that they can not only manipulate but better. Uh-huh. Um, how do you get students, especially someone's a freshman and a GI, ah, I'm going to change the world, uh-huh. to understand like sometimes you got to use the tools uh-huh. that are available, and how do you get them to see tools that maybe. Are not quite there yet yeah you know, we're getting into the the electronic currency stuff uh-huh, now so uh-huh. explain a little bit of how do you get the effective marketing uh-huh. and managing organizations what's yeah. that
1: I think it's important for students to understand a concept that we call market vision and that is seeing things before they actually happen if uh-huh. you think about the Bill Gates of the world if you think about the Steve Jobs of the world they were able to see what could potentially have such a great effect on us. And I think that's the great thing about marketing and the great thing about our 21st century students is that they have that ability to see beyond what we saw some 50 years ago, right? And so we help them understand that just because the tool is here, you may not always be able to jump on that tool, use that tool right now, but 10 years from now, right? Oh, for sure. If you think about the self-driving car, you think about Tesla, you know, we were talking about that in class the other day. And, you know, when is that going to be a real thing? Mm-hmm. Well, the technology is here now. But 10, 15 years from now, I can guarantee you, majority of the road will be filled with self-driving
0: cars. But you talk about that. I, I know in 2007 when I got my first iPhone, I didn't even know I needed it. Mm-hmm. Now I can't imagine not having it. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, they created that before. Hey, we're going to throw this out there, and everybody's going to want it. I mean, now we're... Elon Musk they just had a launch last night they're they're talking about going to Mars mm-hmm. uh, Peter Diamandis is talking about capturing asteroids because it's a trillion dollar asset mm-hmm. you have to think outside of that box sometimes and even in the marketing side Twitter was a social platform sure. it's now a marketing piece sure. Facebook is just a marketing piece now it's sure. yeah grandma and grandpa put pictures on it but mm-hmm. it's a marketing piece Absolutely. Mm-hmm. you have to think so I think it's awesome that you kind of get students to figure out Hey, yeah, we've got this facility. Mm-hmm. What else could we do with the Absolutely. facility? You know, and Weber does that when they bring summer camps. Hey, we got the school it sits idle for two mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. Let's have summer camps. So I, I think those are the things I really like that. Um, you talked about your most recent co-publication co-pub- was Marketing Ethics and Does Anyone Care? Ooh. Oh, uh-huh. I, that hit me because... One of my favorite classes in college uh-huh. was business ethics. Uh-huh. And then I did sport management in my master's and we talked about sport ethics. Uh-huh. I am a huge... I have lost events because of ethics. Sure. I understand competition is competition, but uh-huh. what, what's the response? when you? What is the response to people with marketing ethics and does anyone actually care? Because I think we're all so much for the win now. Sure,
1: absolutely. And I think that... We do care from a corporate um, perspective, we care because it's starting to cost us money and because social media has become a thing now. And so years ago, social media wasn't a thing. And so now people are able to see when we do things that are not quite right, they're able to put it out there, right? So I think we do care. But I think the bottom line for most people and still for most companies is the profit. And that's where the lines are blurred, Mm -hmm. you know, doing things illegal versus doing things unethical. And the conversations that I have with my students sometimes are kind of like, well, it's not illegal, so why can't we do it? You know, but as future leaders, what we want them to see is just because it's not illegal does not make it ethical. Is it the moral thing to do? Is it the right thing to do? And I want to make sure that we don't lose that part of it.
0: Well, that's one of those outstanding pieces that, you hate to say it that you kinda have to have some some of those people that are willing to push that, but then have those checks that they can't uh-huh. get out of control. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, that one that one kinda gets me gets uh-huh. me a little bit. <laughs> um, you also want students to understand running organizations from both a management and a marketing perspective, which is almost as saying someone has to be the boss, uh-huh. but that's not always the leader. Absolutely. Oh,
1: my goodness. Yes. Oh, uh-huh. yes.
0: So uh-huh. can you give me a little bit of talk about that difference of management versus marketing uh-huh. and the, the headbutts that occur from that? Uh-huh.
1: Well, actually, I do teach a course on leadership, not here at Weber, but I teach a course on leadership. And there's a distinct difference between leadership and management. And you're actually correct about the informal boss and the formal boss. And a lot of times, even though you have someone sitting in management, you know, pulling the strings and telling you what to do, but it is the marketers that's going to make you money. And so it's the marketers that actually run the shop for the most part Mm -hmm. um, because they're responsible for putting the product out there. They're responsible for putting the university out there. They're responsible for bringing in money. But what I want students to understand and everyone to understand is that we're all marketers. Right? Oh, in yeah. In every organization, I don't care whether you're the janitor. I don't care whether you're the receptionist or the secretary. You're still a marketer for our company. And that's such an important component in leadership today.
0: Yeah. I think I think you just hit something. And it, it's gonna, it hit a hot button, so I'm going to talk about it for <laughs> a moment because well, this is the warrior pulse and why not? I think people on our own campus forget that they are an advertising arm Uh of this campus Uh whether that means they're on the campus the other day i was walking with uh one of the administrators we were walking i missed it he stopped and picked up a piece of trash Uh and threw it in the trash can Uh and i thought oh wow that's pretty good yeah he got the marketplace Uh that same day as i was leaving campus leaving on the driveway i saw some students driving through the grass to leave the campus to head out on the road and I uh-huh. thought you don't understand. Now when someone drives by they're thinking, Oh, these people they don't care about their ca-. True. oh they don't know that it was just a student.
1: Right. They just
0: see this. So I love that that yeah. component of everybody's a uh-huh. marketer. Uh-huh. And there's there's a lot of talk now. You are a brand. Uh-huh. You, are your, you brand. are your own brand. Absolutely. And, and and you know that you work for an agency you are the brand. Uh-huh. That brand itself is trying to grow. Uh-huh. So, oh my goodness and how gracious. how do you
1: want to be seen as a brand? Yes.
0: Yeah, and, and, and that's, you know, I think I think a lot of times, especially as a coach,
1: uh-huh.
0: I uh-huh. see us on campus and I'm like, we set the tone. Yeah, absolutely. We set the tone. Uh-huh. In the classroom, we set the tone. Absolutely. In the classroom, we set the tone for all those things. Uh-huh. Um, also, you have 13 years in the hospitality and management, which is an interesting industry. hmm uh-huh. How do you tie in that fun industry, because that's what hospitality management is, into this professional business world that you are now?
1: Uh Um... hospitality was absolutely interesting and fun um, until it wasn't Mm -hmm. (laughs) so after working it for 13 years and as I tell my students you know I was a manager and I was working 70 hour work weeks and that's when it starts not to be fun so much you enjoy your customers but you don't enjoy the time yes you know as a manager two o'clock in the morning if someone calls (laughs) in they're calling me Mm -hmm. and I either have to get up or I have to find somebody to come in and so that part of it was no longer fun right but I was able to as they say parlay everything that I learned in hospitality by bringing it over here into academic academics and teaching my students you know because I hired I trained I fired I interviewed right and all of those things I'm able to help my students with and even in my previous position here at Weber director of career services I was able to bring everything mm-hmm. from hospitality oh, yeah. into that arena and to be for it to be beneficial to
0: our students now that you it's kind of funny you talked about going from the world where you hired trained fired Mm -hmm. now you're in the world where you recruit teach or fail Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. would it be better sometimes if maybe we fired students instead of failed them Mm -hmm. do you think there's a difference there like hey you're you're not failing this class you're just fired mm-hmm. you can reapply mm-hmm. but you're fired
1: mm-hmm. is there mm-hmm.
0: is there is there a difference since we're trying to create business people sure do you mm-hmm. see a difference or because if they fail oh well, it's, it's no big deal it affects their gpa but you know this mm-hmm. once you get into the real world no one cares about your gpa sure. you show that you've been fired a couple times well, what's the problem sure so exactly you know, maybe yeah. that was more of a statement than a question yeah. but you know
1: now i actually in a lot of my classes i do give my students the opportunity to fire their teammates Oh, I like it.
0: I like yes. it. Yes.
1: So, when they have a project and they're working with three or four people, I tell them, you know, first of all, you have to give me a process. You have to tell me how you're going to handle conflict and things of that nature. And when they have broken the contract, per se, you have the opportunity to fire them. And I have had students actually fire some of their teammates. And the lesson they learn from that is that now I have to do this project all by myself right if I yeah. want to pass this class I have yeah. to do it by myself and I think it was a valuable lesson because mm-hmm. that's the exact same thing that can happen in the real
0: world yeah for sure for yeah. sure I I mean I'm not gonna lie there's been one time in my life I've been fired and boy that that hits you mm-hmm. it hits you hard mm-hmm. absolutely um you also you you even mentioned you were your a coach you're a mentor you're an entrepreneur you're in counseling you're in you really have that entrepreneurial spirit and that continual growth spirit mm-hmm. um what made you want to get? I think some people think the academia, you go in, you stand in front of the whiteboard, you teach, and all right, Johnny, here's your pay. What made you want to get even further into that coaching experience and the mentoring side? Because the mentoring side's even different because that's where you get into the heart of what makes someone believe they can't or can do something. Mm-hmm. So, what, what took you down that road? Yeah.
1: I think I've always been a mentor, even growing up. I've been the one that my friends might come to and talk about things. And I'm one of those people that can look from different perspectives. Like I'm not super one-sided. I don't just take your side because you're my friend or take your side because you're a woman or take your side because you're a man. Mm -hmm. I'm able to look from different, multiple perspectives and share those perspectives. And so I've always just enjoyed helping people. I've always enjoyed, even in hospitality, my office was the office that Everyone came to and sat down and talked forever. It's like, okay, guys, I got work to do now, you know? <laughs> but no, we got to talk about everything. And I think that's why a lot of the my, my team members enjoyed working with me because there was that human side of it, yeah. you know? I, I always understood if I can understand where you're coming from, I can help you and I can pull the best out of you, right? I like that. So I you would have, you know, employees, or I call them team members, um, you know, coming to work late or doing things they didn't need to do, right? But instead of getting rid of them, I had to learn that. That was a lesson, because in the very beginning, I was called the terminator, affectionately. <laughs> um, I had to learn that. But what I learned was sitting down and talking to you and understanding what's going on with you, I could help you with that, your problem and you could become a great asset to our institution. And so that's just been an ongoing thing. It just so it just kind of fell right into place.
0: It became it kind of became who you are. Exactly. Um, you can keep your mask down because I'm gonna go right into you are a certified solutions focused coach. What is that? Real quick. What is so that? So
1: basically, um, in my coaching practice, I don't focus on the problem. We focus on the solution. We understand the problem, mm-hmm. we, we, we look at the problem, but we're not gonna sit here, you know, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a psychotherapist, I'm not a psychologist. We're not gonna sit here and go over the childhood drama. We're gonna find a solution from this point on.
0: Okay, all right. Got one more thing on the academia side and then mm-hmm. we're gonna go into some of the other. Uh, your personal motto, uh, I <laughs> forgot. Your personal motto is never stop learning. Mm-hmm. I, I also see you're pursuing another degree. Yes. <laughs> how do we like someone that's not so driven? Like uh-huh. you're driven and uh-huh. you're you're always. But we all have internal like I want to do better. Uh-huh. Whether it's I eat a better salad or uh-huh. I go for a walk or uh-huh. maybe I read my Bible or maybe uh-huh. I read this book. How do we find that so that well I'm not as I'm not as driven as as Dr. White. Uh-huh. But people can still be driven. Absolutely. How how do we how do we justify to ourselves that We're okay.
1: Exactly. Um, I don't think you have to be as, I love learning. That's just my thing. If I, I was telling my friend the other day that if I could go to school forever, I would just do that because I enjoy learning. But I think we all learn in so many different ways. We learn by observing. We learn by talking to each other, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there's so many ways of learning that it doesn't have to be book learning. It can be any type of learning. And I think that's part of our growth process. And as long as we're interested in growing as individuals, we're always learning. And I think that just kind of dovetails into who we are and what we can be.
0: I completely agree. I I love learning. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sometimes it has nothing to do with what I should be learning. Mm -hmm. Um, You you have done so much you're doing so much and then it says i have a question of what is your ultimate goal as an educator and a business leader are they the same or do you have like since you're you're educating others Mm -hmm. you're running your own Mm -hmm. are the goals the same or are they different
1: the goals are the same and that one goal is to help people see their greatness one goal is to help people see their potential. And so as a um, business owner, entrepreneur, every one of my businesses is about helping others grow. And uh, in academia, it's about helping others grow.
0: So you guys, this is the stuff you can get if you come to Weber and take classes from Dr. White. Now, we're about to have a grown-up conversation on some things because Dr. White Wants to and is able to speak clearly and concisely. I'm the dumb one here So we're gonna talk about this stuff. I'm gonna start it with this quote Activism is the rent I pay for living on this planet that is from Alice Walker. So Dr. White has been a part of being a leader been a part of an educator Dr. White is a woman. Dr. White also happens to be for somebody that may be watching a black and white an african-american woman So she has seen things that I can't feel, um, which is more prevalent in your opinion, sexism or racial inequality? Oh, wow.
1: I think that's a close tie. (laughs) I think it's a close tie. Um... Because as a woman and as an African-American, I feel both greatly and have felt both greatly in my lifetime and and have friends and people who feel both. So I don't think there's one above the other at this point in 2021,
0: unfortunately. On the on the on the topic of sexism. How do we correct somebody that may not know they're being sexist Mm -hmm. and on the same thing? you and I were discussing what's the proper way to say this how do Mm -hmm. we talk about this we Mm -hmm. were actually talking about not just african-americans we were talking about other cultures Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how do we correct that without sounding catty and how do we correct it so that people feel like Mm -hmm. oh oh, thank you so much versus ah they hate we hate one another
1: yeah how do we go about that I think that that's super challenging and I think the only, I don't know if you can overtly correct it all the time, you mm-hmm. know, they, they say choose your battles and I think it's important to choose your battles. I think awareness is so important and but people must be willing to learn. We all have what we call implicit biases, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And even when we're talking racial discrimination, we're talking sexism, we all have that. And sometimes uh, implicit bias means we're not aware of that, right? So sometimes we're not aware that we're being biased against a person because they are female. Sometimes we're not aware they're being biased because of their color. So I think it's just more of having these types of discussions when people are willing to have those types of discussions. And I think now in 2021, there's a lot of it going on. And I think more and more people are aware of it. I don't agree with calling it out every time it happens because you know if you hammer somebody so much, they're going to get defensive. That wall is going to come out, and you're never going to be able to help them see the error of their ways.
0: So I, on, on to go along with that question. Do you feel that in 2021, do you feel that at sometimes we've become overly and this is coming from the guy? Sure. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that we become and we'll we'll go with sexism. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that we become overly sensitive that someone may be just saying something not intending to be sexist? Sure. And that we've become overly sensitive to oh look at they're just saying the wrong I'm of the opinion at times that yes there's some bad things mm-hmm. that have happened. I see it with my wife. My wife is a professional business person and I can tell you I can walk into the same room and I am treated completely different. Sure. She's way better than me. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. get the respect that she should.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: But I also at times I feel that sometimes maybe we don't mean to. Mhm we're not doing it on purpose absolutely not and I think is that the moments that you're talking about we just let those fly
1: absolutely and when you have that opportunity to have that conversation you kind of bring certain examples up and kind of say oh wow I didn't see that yeah
0: Yeah. I I think one of the best examples and I'll tell you it's it's I had a really really good boss at Florida Southern that she was very active Mm -hmm. um sexual issues mm-hmm. you know racial issues those kind of things and it was awesome because I would talk about my men's team and then the girls team mm-hmm. she's like uh, it's the ladies team <laughs> I'm like but I don't mean anything by it like sure. I'm it's and, and Isabel, who's actually the working the, the back the backside side here she is I call them all the time hey guys yeah, and I mean nothing by right. it but and then I get, oh, is it okay if I say that because right. I mean like hey guys and girls so you know don't get hung up on it. Just okay. know if you're, if you're saying it with the wrong intent, mm-hmm. it's probably the wrong intent. Sure,
1: exactly,
0: <laughs> agreed. Okay, I, I, that was good. We, we made it through one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how does someone who looks like me mm-hmm. understand these issues better? And I know we talked about it kind of in the open, but how does someone like me understand them better?
1: I think, first of all, you have to want to understand them. And I think this is a great climate for it. You know, I believe that everything happens for a reason and for a purpose. A lot of people ask why, you know, why with the, the George Floyd? Why with the Black you know, Lives Movement? Why do we have to continue to deal with this? I think there's a lesson to be learned. We haven't learned the lesson yet. And now, because it is out in the open, now is a great opportunity for all of us to sit down at the table Mm -hmm. and have these discussions. But I don't think it can't be one-sided. It can't be me wanting to share with you my perspective and you saying, well, I don't agree with it and I just don't believe it and it's not the case. You have to be open to it.
0: That's going to take me to another question first before I get to this one. We are different Mm -hmm. culturally, Mm -hmm. by looks, Mm -hmm. the way we like to live life, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that, isn't that what created America, the the, the melting pot as it was? Sure. Sometimes I feel like there's this push for us to all be the same Mm -hmm. versus embracing our differences. Mm -hmm. Help me understand, how do we let us have our individuality? And still be together. Sure. That, that's a really tough one for me. Mm-hmm. I, I really am like, but I don't want to do what they're Absolutely. doing. And they don't want to do what I'm doing. Absolutely. So how, how do we get along without having to be the same? Sure. Um, I
1: think diversity is such a great thing. I think god thinks it's a great thing (laughs) i think that um being different is wonderful but otherwise we would be so boring can you imagine you know you were just telling me earlier about i think it's your nephew or yeah Yeah. and and the things that he's doing and i know nothing about that so it was so interesting to learn about that right so i think it would be so boring if we just like doing the exact same things right and i don't think for most of us at least for me I don't want us to be the same. I want us to understand the humanity of each other. Yeah. And I think that is the main issue that we're facing today, particularly for African Americans is that we feel like our humanity is not understood mm-hmm. right let us do our thing you know yeah, yeah. let us let us dance let us you know culturally we're different we might eat different foods let us do those things and let's enjoy that diversity but understand that my blood bleeds red just like yep. yours yep. and if you need a transfusion you don't care whether it's coming from a black person or not no. saying here no. i don't care if it's coming from you you know i want to live yeah. so i think it's the humanity part that we're
0: missing. And I actually don't care what color you are. If you can dance, please do it because I can't and I love watching it. Like one of my favorite things on YouTube is world of dance. Uh And I half the time you can't tell who it is. Uh I appreciate the art. Yeah. Um, But I love that. I love the fact of let us be us and appreciate it. You
1: don't have to do it. Exactly.
0: Nor do you actually have to like it. It's not for you. Yes. So I think that's, I think that is a huge statement, Uh you know, I mean, if we all were the same, we'd all listen to the same music. Absolutely, that was so boring. Oh my oh, goodness! That would be well, I, I'll never forget, and, and I'll say, I'll, I'll do the old stick my foot in the mouth. My Europeans from back in my day at another school, it was all techno music.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I hated techno music, <laughs> but guess what? About seven years in, I was listening to concerts at my house because mm-hmm. you listen to it enough, you kind of like this one's not so bad, sure. and then you find artists and you. I learned something about myself. Mm-hmm. Allow that learning to happen. Absolutely. Um, so I'm gonna. We we we're still going on here. I've got another big one. So uh-huh. this is another one that you see me, and this is what you see, and I don't understand. Sure. We talk about. There's a big thing about now. There's there's a, 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 a so the first uh, black woman well, referee for something. Uh basketball basketball okay. referee. We just had the first NFL women's referee. Uh-huh. There's a debate about coaching opportunities, there's uh you know CEO opportunities and then there's me who says I don't understand how there's not opportunities. Barack Obama was a president. Mm -hmm. There's been Chief Justices, the vice president is an African American woman. There's there I Mm -hmm. see opportunities. Mm -hmm. Help me understand Mm -hmm. because I truly I I want everybody to have the opportunity. If you're the best you're the best. Sure. Go do it. Sure. Those opportunities obviously are being missed. Uh-huh. And help me understand, we see the successes. Where? How do we help? Why I should want there to be more opportunities. Uh-huh. And I say that as I just don't understand. I see success, uh-huh. but I'm also very Caucasian.
1: Sure. absolutely. Sometimes
0: I tan, yeah. but I'm very Caucasian. So it helped me understand why uh-huh. I should care I see success Uh for the African American community, the Uh Latin American community, the Uh non-Caucasian. Help me understand why Uh I need to fight for more.
1: Sure. What you see is progress. Okay. Not necessarily success. You see progress. Uh, Why does there have to be progress for the African American? Why was Barack Obama the first black president? Why? How many white presidents? Mm -hmm. Has there ever been a Hispanic president? Has there ever been an Asian president? Why it's a big deal for us because these are first in 2021. Yeah, these are first. So we've had tens and, and, and 20s and 30s of all of these other people doing great things, and, and we give them their props. But why is there a first black president in what was 2008? Was it? Yeah, yeah, why? So we see progress, but the problem that we're having is that there is systemic racism. And systemic discrimination which result in the first in 2021 that's resulted in the first in 2008 and until we get rid of that systemic discrimination we're always going to be the first oh finally we made it to the first mm-hmm. right so is it really we get have great opportunity because we finally made it to be a president is that really success when you've had how many before that were never a woman was never a man you know, the first, you know, black vice president. That's a great thing for us. First of all, it's a woman. And the second of all, she's half black. Yeah. So that's a great thing for us. But why in 2021 is this just not happening? And why is all of a sudden, oh, that's progress.
0: So for me, I see, I, I, that makes so much sense because I see like, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. There There's all these successes that I see. Mm-hmm. I never thought of the word as it's progress it's towards.
1: Progress. Yeah.
0: And, and that, li- that leads me to, I also, I think um, I'm a big race fan, Mm -hmm. and diversity Mm -hmm. is something that if you go to most racing, it's, you know, you will get a lot of internationals Mm -hmm. because it's an international thing, but you don't see a lot of African-Americans in racing. Um, But they have these diversity programs, and then I've often asked, well, is there an actual desire to be involved? Like, we we want these diversity programs, but is there really a desire? Mm-hmm. And how is that desire formulated when there really hasn't been the door open exactly. for so long? And what does success look like? Because we're not talking like this is. I mean, when there there's Willie T. Ribs and mm-hmm. and there's a uh, Janet Guthrie and there's mm-hmm. different you know on the but those doors haven't been open for massive amounts of time. So. How quickly do we expect that change?
1: Exactly.
0: And and are and are the, are all diversity programs good or are some of them just, well, oh, let's slap something together.
1: Yeah. Um I think anything being open is an opportunity, but like you said, there's a lack of awareness. You know, mm-hmm. I know in my community, coming from Frostproof, how do we know about what's going on in the race world? Yeah. Right? Is there someone at the schools sharing this information? There was someone at the schools sharing football information, mm-hmm. sharing basketball information, but out of all golf information, yeah. no. You know, and so I think um, diversity is so important, and having these opportunities is so important, and I think you. You will find more people interested the more they know, and I think that is the key. Okay. Is that most people just don't know?
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's those are words that we need to hear uh-huh. because we you know we see it and we're like I don't understand. Like well, maybe they just don't like it. Yeah. Well, they haven't been introduced. Absolutely. Like I'm I'm in the tennis world. Yeah. We're a very very Caucasian sport. Yes, uh-huh. we have Venus and Serena, and we have uh-huh. Naomi Osaka and. But in the grand scheme of things, there's really not a lot. We've had James Blake. We've Absolutely. had we've had, uh, Gail Monfils. We've mm-hmm. had, uh, oh, goodness gracious, his son played basketball at UF. But but we've had a few. A mm-hmm. few. Mm-hmm. Well, we have the world's best golfer. Mm-hmm. Do you see a large growth of the African-American community in golf? Right. Because those opportunities haven't been there. It's going to take time. Absolutely. And, and the same thing on the women's side. Yeah. I mean, we've had women in sport,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but they haven't been in... The, the big thing is like, we got to get women in coaching. Well, how many have actually been coaching at a little league level to get to the pro level? Exactly. So that goes back to your word of progress. Mm-hmm. And why does it have to be the first? And that's why it's so exciting when it is the first. Exactly. Because that, is a wor- that really helps me understand. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. why is this? I get hung up, and you can help me with this. Everything has a label now. Mm-hmm. It's the first blah, 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 blah. It's the first blah, 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 blah. And I've always been like, I don't think my phrase. Sure. I don't think we're going to get over this until we stop putting a label on it and just say, this person won this job. Uh-huh. But I understand the progress part. Yeah. Am I far off or is that at some point, will the label go away?
1: Um, Likely not. No. No. The label has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, the system that we have right now is super antiquated, but very prevalent even in 2021. And I think that's why we have to understand that. Yes, we're all human, and that's how I see you. Now, maybe that's how you see me as well, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not how our system sees us, right? Why do we have the label of african-american hispanic on the application what yep. does it matter yeah. so the label is going to always be there but we have to be able to look deeper and farther than the label mm-hmm. and that's when changes are going to be made i have an interesting story for you i was reading an article the other day and the gentleman had started a job at a company i believe it was atlanta i don't know the name of the company but when he got there there, there no diversity there were no people of color really? no, in atlanta in atlanta oh my goodness and he asked why And they said, well, we haven't had any qualified people of color, qualified African-Americans. And he said, I can't believe that. So he went back and he pulled out all of the resumes that they had gotten for certain positions. And he taped over the name and he taped over the address and strictly looked at the skills and qualifications. And when he went back to the applications to compare, they were all African-Americans. But because of the implicit bias of mm-hmm. people, um, the label said black. The label said African-American. And even maybe the name seemed black. Mm-hmm. And we have that ingrained in us, even when we don't understand. Like, I don't believe that most people in this world are
0: actually racist. I don't believe I that. am so happy to hear you I say that. I don't.
1: No, I have. You're my friend. No, I no, have friends, but, I'm, but I'm so happy. Know? I'm so happy
0: to hear you say that because there is this thing that there's so many bad people out there. Yeah. And I really think it's not so many. Yeah. I think it's a few sure. who have a loud voice. Sure. But I also believe that, you know what, we all make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that sometimes, just saying this, I think sometimes we're seen wrong. Sure. You know, and mm-hmm. it's like, hey, dude, we're, we're good. Like, yeah. we're good. But I, I truly think that's outstanding. And you're right, that implicit bias, uh-huh. Uh-huh. we all... recruit we recruit that way yeah we look at students we Uh look at Uh athletes Uh with i like this culture a little Uh better than that culture and and i'm gonna try to bring that player in and and i learned that lesson we actually talked about that i have a player on my team this year that when i was at florida southern i tried my best not to recruit Uh those players Uh because i had bad experiences Uh he is the coolest dude there is yeah but I was gifted with him. Sure. I wasn't I didn't reach out to him. I was gifted with him. Sure. So yes, we have to sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right, we have gone on. This is awesome. <laughs> Do this before I finish up. Promise me that we can come back and talk about some more issues sure. and different things because it has been a blast talking with you. Mm-hmm. I received more compliments about having you on this podcast and also your ability to reach to all the cultures on campus because it is Weber International University. Absolutely. And the <laughs> students that I spoke to said, she understands the cultures mm-hmm. and is willing to understand the cultures mm-hmm. and not just tell us she does. Absolutely. So yeah. props mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. I, I appreciate that coming from a person who's been around multi my entire mm-hmm. existence mm-hmm. because of my dad's life. Sure. So I, I think it's awesome. We're gonna finish with this to hit on the entrepreneurial side. Mm-hmm. You have to see failure as the beginning in the middle, but never entertain it as the end. And that's from Jessica Heron. Not only is that a good entrepreneurial quote, that's a good just discussion quote we just had. Sure. But do uh, you have anything I forgot to ask that you want to mention or anything I should ask?
1: Um, no, I absolutely agree with that quote. I think so many people are afraid to do their own thing. They're afraid to start a business. They're afraid to go to a school. They're afraid to just fear just, you know, just drives us. But I think you have to look at failure as just a stepping stone. All right. it's an opportunity to learn okay I messed this up okay this didn't work out for me but let me learn from that and let me grow and so that's what I want my students to know is that truthfully they can do anything they put their mind to I tell them all you too can be president not just because Barack Obama was president but because you have the capability because you have a brain because you can because you're able to think you are a leader right so you can do anything you put your mind to and I think that's what I want all of my students today. i don't care their they their whatever none of that really matters at the end of the day mm-hmm. i want you to know how great you are and that if you want to start a business you too can be successful and that's what i have learned i had to get rid of the fear that says you can't do this because of mm-hmm. and say to myself you can because of
0: and look what you've done <laughs> <laughs> look what you've done well I don't know about you, this has been fire today. I am so happy to have Dr. White. Uh, Actually, I call her a friend because we've known each other for many years. She she is also a mainstay here on the Weber campus and she's a community leader. She's from the community, she gets it. And it has been awesome to sit down and have a human conversation (laughs) about some things that are just sometimes tough to talk to. We don't know if we're gonna step on someone's toes. and, And I've proven that uh-huh. two adults can have a conversation that aren't the same. Uh-huh. So I want to thank everybody for joining in episode 21 of the Warrior Pulse. And we will talk to you next time.
1: Yay! Bye-bye. <laughs>